Hey, thanks for listening to the CMC podcast. My name is Noah Tice, and I'm the media director here at CMC. And before we get into our message, I just wanted to plug our young adult ministry, Applied Life Leaders Academy. If you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you'll know that CMC is always about the next generation of leaders. And so Applied Life Leaders Academy has been a major part of our mission for over 37 years. As an alumni of the program, I can tell you that if you know a young person with a call of leadership on their life who has a desire to grow in their personal purpose and ministry, Applied Life is a perfect fit. And for more information, visit AppliedLife.com and follow us on all social media platforms at Applied Life Leaders Academy. And now for a sermon by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. As Pastor Tim always says, your Bible ought to just fall open to it at this point, as much as we've been in Hebrews chapter 11 this year. We have been in a series called Heroes of Faith, for those of you who are just kind of joining us as we are doing a wrap-up. So go back and listen to all of them because they're just incredible from all the different uh, speakers that we had involved. And, and like I said, in this session, I'm going to be doing a wrap-up to our series. And what a powerful series this has been for us. I know I've been very blessed by it. I, I mean, I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to hear from all the different characters in the Bible uh, from the past and um, being encouraged in my own personal faith and challenged in my own personal faith. And that's what we wanted to do uh, in this series. God gave uh, our ministry a vision at the beginning of the year about living by faith. Each year we have a direction that we go for our ministry and the direction this year that God spoke to our hearts was being people that live by faith. And the scripture says the just shall live by faith. That's what we're called to do. So we've been unpacking what faith looks like by looking at these heroes of faith who you know lived in days past. In Hebrews chapter 11, we often call this the hall of faith, okay? The hall of faith. Now, that term isn't found in Scripture. It's a, it's a term that modern interpreters have assigned to Hebrews chapter 11, and it's a take off of the modern idea of a hall of fame, okay? So like, when we're talking about sports, most colleges, schools, um, Anything that revolves around sports, any organizations, uh, they have what's called a Hall of Fame. So once a, once a professional athlete has retired from the game, the biggest honor that can be bestowed upon them is the Hall of Fame, having your name put in the Hall of Fame. It's one of the biggest things that you can get. And as a matter of fact, only the very best are selected to go into the Hall of Fame. Not just anybody can be inducted into the Hall of Fame. You, you have to be the best of the best. So those were the ones whose careers were very stellar, and they should be remembered as long as the game is played. So, you know, we have people inducted to the Hall of Fame of baseball and basketball and football and golf and all, all kinds of different, different sports. And, um, you know, fans maybe who never saw these athletes of old play, they can remember what they did because they've been inducted into the hall, of, the hall of Fame. You know, you hear about their exploits and we honor them by putting them in 
the Hall of Fame. So the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11 is a list of Old Testament people who were outstanding, and they should be remembered. And that's why we went through this series, because these were people who God wanted to highlight that their faith was exemplified. In other words, they have the kind of faith that we would want to emulate and follow after in our own personal lives. They're remembered because of their faith in God. And so these past few weeks, we've all been encouraged to intimidate the faith of these men and women of the past. And as we've examined these men and women, you know, we're, we're obviously all reminded that faith is not always easy, is it? As a matter of fact, it's pretty easy to preach faith, but it's really hard to live faith. It's a whole other story when you, when you live it. I, I learned a long time ago when I was first starting in the ministry, um, God taught me a lesson early on. Pretty much whatever I preached, I was tested in almost immediately. Uh, our old youth pastor, Stephen Sex and I, we used to, we used to t just chuckle all the time about that because Stephen... If he just even thought about preaching about it, he would be tested in it. You know, usually I had to preach it, and then a few days later I would be tested in it. And so, you know, it's not easy. And, 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 and as we examine these men and women, as we've looked at them, we're reminded that walking by faith is not always going to be easy. We have to make choices that are difficult. Uh, we have to face circumstances that sometimes are hard, that test our mettle. Have y'all heard that term, test your metal? And so in Hebrews chapter 10, the writer warns us. As a matter of fact, if you want to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, let's just look at this verse together. It's the very last verse in chapter 10. And the writer of Hebrews says, But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. For we are the faithful ones. Can I have an amen? We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And then chapter 11 starts out, if you just want to flip over to it, and we pretty much all have this memorized by now, but it starts out saying, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients of old were commended for or had a good reputation, some translations say. That's how they achieved a good reputation. But, but I want you to, to also remember, as we've gone through all of these different people that we've looked at, even though they were inducted into the hall of faith, these people were not perfect. They weren't. They were people just like you and me. And I just always like to remind anybody who's reading the Bible that don't, don't read the Bible like people in the Bible were superheroes. They were not superheroes. They were normal, everyday people just trying to walk out their salvation every single day, just like you and I are. And, and as a matter of fact, many of the people that we looked at had stunning failures. I mean, literally stunning failures. Stunning failure. Some had serious ongoing character defects in their lives. And I don't have time to go back over all of these things. However, in spite of all that, each of them came to a turning point 
where they chose to trust in God rather to go back to what they could see. They chose a life of faith. I preached a sermon a few weeks ago, and I talked about putting on your goggles of faith. I think it was from my sermon, Faith-Filled Prayers. And we talked about putting on your goggles of faith. And so these people, they put their goggles of faith on, and, and you know, they weren't looking for what was safe or what was comfortable or what appeared to be the easy way. They were looking to please God in the way that they lived their lives. So let's look at our theme scripture here in chapter 11. It starts out, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of what we do not see. And that's what these men and women were commended for. All of them were commended because of this. The author speaks of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Rahab. As a matter of fact, go down to Hebrews 11 verse 32. And so the writer says, and what shall we say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice. Look at this. This is just amazing the things that they accomplished and, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury, the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead to life again. And we've been called to imitate that faith. See, that's, that's been the challenge for all of us as, as we've been talking about all these different characters, or it should be the challenge for us as we hear about all these different characters. We, you know, we're called to imitate this kind of faith. You know, the Apostle Paul, one of the things he said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. You see, that's what we want to be able to say to our friends and our families being Christians. We want to be able to say, look, you, you, want, to, you want to know how you ought to live? Follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so that's what these people were doing. They were following God. They were walking by faith. They were pursuing what God had for their life. And then after highlighting all of these great victories, then the passage takes a very unexpected turn. Here in verse 36, it says, others were tortured, not accepting their release in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. In other words, they refused to be released from prison. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. Are you kidding me? They were tempted. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute. In other words, they, ha they didn't have a home. They didn't have a house. They didn't have nice clothes. They were afflicted and ill-treated. It says, men of whom the world is not worthy. And they wandered in deserts and in caves and holes in the ground. You know, a life of faith 
does not promise you that everything's going to go well for you. And I think that's very important that we communicate that message in America to the church of America. Because I think for a long time we did communicate that a life of faith would produce all kinds of blessings for you. And, li- and listen, don't get me wrong, I do believe a life of faith will produce blessings for you. Not necessarily material blessings though. Although God does want to bless us that way. But as we look at this and we read, because it's like, you know, when we read these verses in verse 32 through 35, everybody's like, yeah. And then we get down here to the verses 36 through 38, and everybody's like, oh, Lord, please, not me. <laughs> right? And I get it. That, that's just part of being human. I'm not being critical of anybody. But, but a life of faith doesn't promise you that everything's going to go well. Who was the first man on the list of a life of faith? Who was listed first? Abel. Do you know that Abel was killed because he pleased God? Y'all remember? Abel was the one that brought the sacrifice that was the appropriate sacrifice to God, and his brother rose up and murdered him. So here we have a man of faith stepping out, doing what is pleasing to the Lord, and yet he was killed for it. So it's very important that we recognize and we understand what faith looks like. And I appreciate the writer of Hebrews that he gave us a balanced picture of faith. Is faith a supernatural force that can release things into your life from the throne of God? 100%. The Bible talks a whole lot about that. Jesus even talked about that. But faith is also a force in your life that can sustain you as you go through difficulties and struggles and you're thrown into lion's dens and fiery furnaces and you face giants and you're persecuted and you're ill-treated. Can I have an amen? See, ultimately, all of these in the hall of faith gained approval through their faith, but they did not receive. The Bible says they did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us, better for us, so that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now, we read that and we go, okay, all those people in the Old Testament, they didn't walk into the fullness of the promise, right? It's clear what it said. But I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as maybe being a one that doesn't walk into the fullness of a promise. Because God's not done. God's not finished bringing in all the Gentiles. God's not finished bringing in all the Jewish people. God's not finished in bringing all the Oriental and mixed in, in different cultures. God, God's not finished, see? So ultimately, they all gained approval, but, but God did not fulfill all of the promises because he was waiting on the full number of people that he's bringing into his family. In fact, the heroes of faith will not experience all God intends for them until all of God's plan has been completed and all of God's plan has not been completed. 
And the fact is, that includes the readers of that day, and that also includes us. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, because I think sometimes we read the Bible and go, oh yeah, and you know, all those people didn't walk into the fullness of the promise. Now, obviously, we walked into a lot of, of the promise way more than they did. You know, we have the revelation of Jesus coming and, and His blood and, you know, it's just the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that we've received that none of them received. Now, the exciting news is, here's the exciting news. The hall of faith can include us if we exercise the same faith. Now, I don't know if you've ever really pictured yourself as being a person who would be included in the Hall of Faith. And I kind of set it up at the very beginning talking about the Hall of Fame, and I talked about these were the outstanding players in the game. These were players that should be so honored, so recognized, and remembered in that way. You know, in this series, we have been peering through a window of history, looking at heroes of faith of long past, and even though none of us in here knew any of these people personally, they've long since been gone, since we've been born. Even though we didn't know them on a personal level, we've all been profoundly influenced by their lives. We've all read their stories. Their stories have encouraged us. Amen? As a matter of fact, I often go to the Bible and I read about different men and women who God appeared to and they had to step out in faith, they had to trust God, they had to follow God and it was hard and it was difficult and yet they did it and they survived it and God blessed them as a result of it and it's encouraged me. Yet, I didn't know these people on a personal level. I never had a conversation with them. I don't, I don't, you know, I probably wouldn't call them by their first name if I met them. So their story has been written, and their generation that they were born into was impacted by their faith. I mean, they, they profoundly influenced their generation. Now... At the moment that they were in it, I don't know if they were thinking that. Maybe they weren't. Maybe some, maybe some of them were. You know, I think, uh, I think we sometimes think, okay, what kind of effect am I having on my generation? And like I said, their story has been written, and, and their generation was impacted by their faith, and not only their generation, but our generation has been impacted. I mean, and you were talking many, genera you know, many generations later, hundreds and hundreds of years later, we're being impacted by their faith. Now, here's the deal. Your story is still being written every day. Every day, your story is being written, and we get the incredible opportunity. Now, it's not a guarantee, but you have an incredible opportunity that your name can be included in the hall of faith for your generation. 
for your generation. 2 Corinthians, well, turn there with me. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, because this is a good one. Let's look at this together. I've got a little bit of time. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And I think the question is, as we wrap up this series, as we conclude our, our study on all of these people I think the question that I want to pose to you is, what do people read when they look at your life? You know, one of the things that Jesus said about him returning to the earth, he said, when I return, will I find faith? And boy, I tell you, we're seeing people fall away in droves. It's happening all over the country. People are falling away. Now, we also have people coming to Christ in droves, in droves and droves of people coming to Christ. God's doing incredible things in our country right now. But the question is, we end this series, what do people read when they observe your life? See, you show that you are a letter written from Christ. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablet of the human heart. See, your life is a letter, Mom. And your life is a letter, Dad. And your life is a letter, student. And your life is a letter, brother and sister. Your life is a letter, boss. And your life is a letter, employee. See, your life is a letter. And you've heard this said before, and I, I don't want it to sound cliche because it really isn't cliche. But for many people, the only Bible that they'll ever open and read is your life. What they see in you. And like I said, you know, Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? Will I find those faithful ones? You know, I've been to funerals, a lot of them, being a minister, and I've had to be in charge of a lot of them. And People come and, and they attend and, you know, people get up sometimes and share and they talk at funerals about their loved ones or the people that they knew who have passed. And, you know, I have to tell you, I've, I've never really heard anybody get up and talk about all the possessions that somebody had amassed in their lifetime or all of the cars that they had and the vacations that they took and the jewelry that they bought or, you know. 
That wasn't what they talked about. What they talked about was that person's influence in other people's lives. See, you're not going to be remembered by how much money you had. You're not going to be remembered by your fame. Oh, there'll be people that are out there and they'll, you know, they'll talk about, oh, this person, they were the, they were the greatest basketball player, they were the greatest football player, they were the greatest golfer, the greatest boxer, whatever, you know. And that's good. I'm not, I'm not diminishing the fact that people were gifted in areas and, and they developed their ability in that field and, and they achieved a lot of greatness. But I can promise you this, I can promise you this. The people that really knew them, that wasn't what they focused on. What they focused on was the kind of person that they were. What they focused on was the effect that they had on their life in a personal level. See, when your life is done and you're laying in the casket, at that point, you don't get to decide what's said about you. It's too late. But right now, while we're alive, we have a whole lot to say about what will be said about us at the end of our life. And if we will remain faithful, if we will be those just that walk by faith, that we will trust God in all circumstances, even when things are not going our way, even when life is difficult and hard, even when we feel like we've been dealt a bad hand, even when life seems unfair, even when tragedy strikes. See, we've been looking at these different people in the Bible, and all of these things happen to them, yet their name is recorded in the hall of faith because, because, they put their hope in what they could not see. They put their hope in what they could not see. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to put our hope in what we cannot see. All of these heroes of faith in the hall of faith are an inspiration to us. Yet Hebrews 12 gives us the ultimate example of a hero of faith. Man, I, I respect all of these people that we've talked about, men and women alike. I respect all of them and all that they've done. I look up to them. But in Hebrews 12, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. 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 The author and perfecter of our faith. Don't fix your eyes on Paul. Don't fix your eyes on Tim. Don't fix your eyes on Josh. Don't fix your eyes on some mentor in your life. Don't fix your eyes on some person on television or some podcast person. I mean, hey, God uses us. God uses us. We are His hands and His feet. But the ultimate example of our hero of faith that we're honoring in this series is Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that influenced all of these people. See, the Bible is Christ-centric. 
All of the Old Testament talks about Jesus. Even though it might not directly reference him, all of the Old Testament is all about Jesus. All of the New Testament is about Jesus. Why? Because it says, He is the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. And then it says, Consider Him. Consider Him. You know, it's always good to consider Jesus when you're going through something that is very difficult. Don't consider your problem. Don't consider your circumstances. Don't consider how, how awful it is. Don't consider your emotional state. No, it says, consider Him who has endured the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God. Consider Him who has endured such hostility by sinners against Himself so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Now, once again, as I end our series here, I just want to remind us all, faith does not guarantee that things will go smoothly for you. And if that's what you've been taught, you were not taught correct theology. And one of the things that we attempted to do, because one of the things we really want to do in our church, and me and Tim and Josh really take this seriously, because, you know, the Bible says that those who teach will be judged more strictly. So we recognize that if we, if we are in a role, let's say that you're a mentor, or you're a parent, or you're a teacher, or you're a pastor, or an elder, or a deacon, People in those positions who teach others, the Bible says, will be judged more strictly. So we take very seriously what we're talking about when we get up here, and we want to make sure that what we're talking about is, is right theology. In other words, it's biblical. It's crazy. You know, in our day and time, and it's really gone downhill quite a bit in our country, but 68% of Americans identify as Christians in our country right now. 68% of, of American people identify as Christians, but only 6% have a biblical worldview. And out of all the pastors that preach in churches all over our country, only 37% of those pastors have a biblical worldview. They're preaching, but they're not preaching the whole Word of God. And it's very important to us that we preach the whole Word of God. And so I want to preach the whole Word of God to you by telling you faith does not guarantee you that things are going to go smoothly for you. It does guarantee, now here's what it does guarantee. It does guarantee that we will be living in such a way that God is pleased with us and that we will experience His blessings even in the midst of trouble and persecution. The Apostle Paul, even in the midst of all that he went through, he experienced God's blessings in his life. As a matter, as a matter of fact, Paul talked a lot about joy. He actually wrote a letter to the church of Philippi on joy while he was in prison. So God blessed Paul in many, many ways, and his faith sustained him. So we can join the hall of faith. We can all join it if we will every day, trust 
in God's promises. Whether you see them today, next week, next month, next year, or maybe you'll never see them. Maybe God is just using you to be an example to others who will eventually experience the fullness of His blessings. And if that's the case, then consider yourself blessed. And here's why. Because Jesus says, you know, you, you saw me and you believed, but blessed are those who have not seen me and yet still believe. What is that? That's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Amen? How'd y'all enjoy this series? Did you get something out of it? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Stand with me. Let's pray together. God, just help us. Help us, Lord, to trust in you. Lord, help us to have faith. Help us to know what faith looks like. Faith is our substance that we stand on when we have no evidence. Faith, faith is what we are able to peer through when we can't see it in the natural. We see it in the supernatural by faith. Lord, help us to stand on your promises. And Jesus, we ask that you help us to stay faithful so that when you return, you will find us walking in faith. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.